The Bible says, be not deceived. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. All right, it's 4 p.m. on Wall Street. Do you know where your money is? Welcome to Financial Issues, where we align reality with truth. Conservative talk radio you can count on. Financial issues that you need to know. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. We will simply apply to government the common sense that we all use in our daily lives. Good Monday morning. Welcome to Financial Issues. I'm your host, Shanna Burt, and we are here live today, unless, of course, you're watching us on a Saturday on an AFR station. Uh, it is pre-recorded, if that's the case. But we will get to your calls this show. You can reach us at 610-363-1110. If you get your call queued up, you will be the first caller in the queue, and I'll do my best to get to you this very first segment. So, we always want to be here to answer your questions about the markets, the economy, your portfolio, and my favorite thing to talk about, stewardship, being a good steward with everything that the Lord has blessed us with. So I hope you had a wonderful day in worship yesterday with your church family, and you're ready to face the week this week. So I just want to encourage you to get our newsletter you can sign up for that by going to our website, financialissues.org. And every Friday afternoon, it is very well put together. You can, you'll can you get a, a copy of the newsletter straight to your email. It is free. It contains all of the economic news that we talk about during the week here. It also contains a lot of headlines from FISM News so that you can keep abreast of what's happening in the world from a biblical perspective. So uh, speaking of big news, we have an election coming up in just a couple of weeks. We have um, everything is on the ballot this year. So uh, what most people are concerned about is the economy. But, you know, abortion has become a big issue. The The Democrats are actually trying to make it a very big, big voter issue this year, although not to much success getting people motivated for um, pro-abortion on their side as a single issue vote like it is for many of us Christians because we know that if your view on life is skewed, your view on just about everything else will be skewed as well because that means that you don't agree with what the creator of the universe says is that life is precious and should be protected. So, you know, since uh, Roe v. Wade was overturned, we've seen you know, lots of great strides, many very pro-life states coming out and, and passing really restrictive abortion laws. But we've also seen some fails, like the initiative in Kansas where, um, you know, that the larger stand for life was, was lost there, or a small battle anyway. So perhaps it has something with all the outs, has to do with something with all the outside money that is flowing into that state. You know, Planned Parenthood affiliates, um, and the left gave a lot of uh, money into that uh, that proposal, and, and that's probably the reason that it failed. And we have many dark money groups right now that are giving seven-figure amounts. Um, Soros and Planned Parenthood is funneling money into the election like crazy. So you have to be registered to vote. If it's not too late in your state, please get it done. 
um, be prepared. We have a special guest coming on our show tomorrow with iVoter Guide, and she's going to share some resources that you can use so that you can vote your values. You can see the races in your that are relevant to your ballot, your personal ballot, and you'll be able to see how the candidates stack up compared to your values. So you'll be able to choose very intelligently who to vote for. You know that Pew Research reports only 19% of Americans support abortion on demand through all month, all nine months of pregnancy. Yet the Democrats are really pushing this. A new a new uh, NBC poll says that 84 that the voter issues right now, um, despite all of the push for making a making abortion the number one issue, because that's the only thing about the only thing that the Biden administration can really say that they're being successful at is circumventing the overturn of Roe v. Wade by getting, um, you know, the VA to start doing abortions and all of the rhetoric that he's coming out, you know, as a as a good Christian that he professes to be, his views on life do not line up with what the God of the universe says. So it's the economy that's taken front and center stage, and 84% of voters want lower health care costs. Well, you know, the Inflation Reduction Act did um, did some things to lower some health care costs, prescription costs, but, you know, this wasn't even Biden's idea. This, this started under the Trump administration, and he's just kind of uh, piggybacking off of those ideas. But, you know, 67% of voters want, get this, cuts to government spending. Where are we likely to see cuts in government spending? Is it with the Democrats or with the Republicans? We are, our national debt is now over $31 trillion and it's growing. Uh, we need smaller government. They've messed up, you know, just about everything that they put their hands on The government when the government gets involved. We need smaller government. The, our Constitution uh, spells out what the government is supposed to do. They're supposed to protect our rights that were given to us by God, by the way, not by the government. They're supposed to protect and defend those rights. They're supposed to protect and defend our country as in strong borders and not letting um, other countries invade us or tell us what to do. Or I'll extend this a little bit further and be dependent on foreign governments for, let's just say, energy. So they really need to focus on what they're supposed to be doing and stay out of the things that they're not supposed to be doing. So make sure that you tune in tomorrow because we'll have Deb with the iVoter Guide to discuss how you can have a resource right at your fingertips to get good information. Speaking of Biden and spending, I saw his one of his economic advisors doing an interview this morning. And, you know, he talked about they were talking about this poll and he totally twisted the whole thing whenever we said that whenever they said 67 percent want cuts to government spending. And he said, we're doing that. He said revenues are up more than spending. That should be very scary to the American people. Um, because guess who funds government spending? There is no such thing as government spending. The government doesn't pay for anything. The government has no money. We, the people, 
have elected con- Congress, mostly, that controls the purse strings to decide how to protect and defend the American people and to enforce our constitutional, to protect our our constitutional rights. And we've given them the authority to collect money in the form of taxes to do so. We're going to talk a little bit later. I've got a story that FISM News did uh, that we're going to get to later in the show. But just to look at one very, very frivolous way that the government is spending money. It's really quite ridiculous. So if you want to get your call queued up, you will be the first caller in the queue. If you're watching us on Facebook, please share us with your friends and family. That is a great way to help us grow organically. Speaking of organic growth and funding, if you if you make your purchases on Amazon, you can use Amazon Smile and select financial issues as your ministry. Uh, that way, you will actually force Amazon to give donations to this ministry. This is a great uh, way to enforce and see played out in the earth the scripture that says the wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous. So Amazon does gives money into lots of nefarious causes, but... Uh, if you if you use Amazon, you can get them to share the love with financial issues, and we would appreciate that. So uh, we're going to take a short break here in just a minute, and then we're going to come back uh, with more financial issues. You can get your call queued up. You can also post your questions on Facebook. And if you're watching us on the website, you can post questions there. The best way to get us is to get the phone app. Whether you're on Apple or Android, just go to your app store and download the Financial Issues app. Well, I'm Shanna Burt, your host with Financial Issues, and we're going to be back right after this break. To financial issues. I'm your host, Shanna Burt, and we're here today to talk about what's happening in the markets, the economy, your portfolios. So you can get your call queued up. You'll be the first caller in the queue. If you want to get in, it's 610-363-1110. We're going to get to some of those website questions and some of the uh, social media interactions as well. So make sure that, are we back on YouTube yet? No, Shanna, we're not back on YouTube yet. So this was our second strike, um, which means so if you remember, folks, our first our first strike, we uh, got banned for a week. Our second strike is two weeks. So I think we're still in that two week period. So YouTube listeners, if you're on YouTube, come watch us on the website. It's better anyway. So come watch. That's us there. right. <laughs> yep. Or the phone app, because you can take us yep. with you wherever you go. And You know, as a ministry, we're always evaluating our stewardship and making sure that we make the most of the dollars that you trust us with. So we're evaluating the uh, efficacy of the different outlets that we're on. We're always looking to see if uh, viewership is up. And so, you know, there may be times if you're if you found us on a station, we could go off that station um, if if we're not getting good results in that area, because we want to be where we can build up and edify the most people. So the big news this week, this Thursday, we're getting our first estimate of third quarter GDP. So GDP is the way that we measure the growth in the economy. And anything over like a two and a half percent annualized GDP is considered 
good positive growth because we have to have at least that to um, just be keeping up with population growth and everything else. So when you have inflation running at over 8% and your growth is what they're expecting is a 2.3% rate, you're actually moving in the wrong direction. So we're going to see what happens this Thursday. Now, remember that the definition, the technical definition of a recession is two quarters of negative GDP growth back to back. We had that in the first and second quarter of 2022. So what it takes to get out of a technical recession is two quarters of positive GDP back to back. So they're they're uh, expecting a positive quarter this quarter, and then we'll see how it goes from there. The Atlanta Fed is a little bit more optimistic. They're expecting 2.85%. So infl- uh, consumption, that is, we are a consumer-driven economy, meaning that um, we don't produce as many things here as we consume. So we're an import nation. We buy a lot of things from overseas. Um, and consumption is expected to slow from 2% uh, to 0.8%. On the positive side, it looks like capital investment was still strong, and that really torqued Joe Biden as he talked about the release from the Strategic Oil Reserve last week and how um, these big greedy oil companies are just giving money back to their shareholders. And um, so he's uh, irritated in that and that they're not, you know, investing money in getting oil out of the ground or refining it because his administration is so friendly to companies like that. But yet he criticizes them anyway. Um, September core capital goods orders are going to be released on the same day. So, you know, capital investment is a big uh, indicator of, of what's happening in the economy because typically in a recession, companies will go into a hunker down mentality. Well, they'll start to preserve their cash. They'll, they'll be conservative with their hiring. And we've already started hearing about some freezes to hiring, but the labor market is still pretty strong. So, you know, don't get too panicked there. Uh, speaking of GDP killers, we have a, a potential situation developing. You've heard us talk about it here several times at, FI, F, at Financial Issues and on FISM News. But we've got some pictures to put up here. Uh, Seth, if we can get those pictures. This is the Mississippi River and its tributaries. So we're looking at um, historical levels in the Mississippi River. The river dropped to minus 10.75 feet last week, according to data from the National Weather Service, which is the lowest level ever recorded in Memphis. So this is a crucial time of year for transport of crops. You've heard Craig and I talk about this quite a bit, the way that the nation's heartland gets their crops to the export market is through the river. This is the lowest cost method of transportation. And I don't know what the numbers are this week, but as of last week, there were over 2,000 barges backed up waiting to pass through very narrow openings in the river. There had been at least eight barges that have run aground, and they're not being able to load these barges um, to full capacity because they sit too low in the water. They can't get through some of those really low spots. So the shipping costs are going up dramatically. The other option 
for the farmers to get their goods to market is to put them on the rail. Well, you know, we've still got some uh, some issues there with a pending uh, rail strike. But the issues I don't believe have been, I didn't look this morning, but I don't believe that they've been worked out yet. And then the other, the third option is to put them on a truck and ship them somewhere. So um, trucking, we're 100,000 truckers short of where we need to be. All of this can put, is going to potentially slow GDP down if we get some serious bottlenecks going on there. Um, and we're going to have trouble getting things up the river that we need, like fertilizer and some industrial materials. So um, lots of things happening in the world. <laughs> you, you know, Shanna, I hope people realize too, those pictures that we showed, it's not just in say Missouri. I mean, one of them was from Illinois. Uh, one of those is from Mississippi. This is, that's virtually, that's almost the whole stretch of the Mississippi river down the central part of the country. This is happening all across the river. I mean, it really is scary. Yep. And it's being caused by the drought conditions. So it's not just the Mississippi river. It's the tributaries that flow into the Mississippi river that are, that are all at historic lows. Well, let's try to get to a call real quick. We've got Alicia calling from South Carolina. Hi, Alicia. You're on financial issues. Hi, morning, Shanna. Um, I have a question. It's regarding investing uh, for my child's future here. Um, I'm 41 and she's two. So I was researching different you know, ways that people can invest for their child. And I know there's some very education-specific plans Um and I wasn't necessarily going to go that route because I wanted her to be able to use whatever the monies were for whatever she, well, kind of whatever she wanted. I was hoping, you know, she could finance her own college. Um, so I even looked at uniform gift programs, and I know those don't have too many tax advantages. So based on my age and her age, I was looking at just doing a regular Roth IRA in my name. I already have a Fidelity account. And by the time I'm 59 and a half and can withdraw penalty-free, she'd be only about 21, 22 years old. So it looked like the timing, you know, would be all right to where I could either you know, give her the money or roll it over into her own investment account. And would that be or is that a logical decision or a wise decision to do it just that way? Yeah, so... I mean, yeah, that is a good way to do it. Now, just remember, you have to have whoever owns the Roth account has to have earned income. And you can contribute 100% of your earned income up to the limits unless you make over a certain amount of money. So there's an upper limit there as well. So you just have to make sure that you meet that criteria. Um, now, you can, you're right, there is a 59 and a half age uh, restriction there, but you can get your contributions out of your Roth at any time without tax or penalty. So then you then you still have, um, you know, some gift tax things to worry about if you're or to be concerned about if you're going to transition that money um, into your daughter's name. The other thing to be a little bit concerned about um, is that if she is trying to apply for some type of government loans to pay for college, Having money in her name can impact her a little bit worse than having it in your name. My recommendation is to, and, you know, you're probably going to want to use the Roth benefit 
to fund your own retirement unless you've got that taken care of in other ways. But my recommendation would just be to do an investment account in your name with a transfer on death designation for your daughter. That way you can control the distributions. If you do the custodial account, you lose control totally over that money. Whenever she does become the age of majority, she can just have it transferred into her name. Well, thanks for calling, Alicia. We're, we're so glad to have your support. Folks, we're coming up on the Ag Report. Craig Halgert is going to come in and tell us what's happening there in the ag and commodities market. We're going to take a short break after that, and then we'll be right back with more financial issues. So you can get your call queued up or post your questions on social or the website. Here comes Craig. This is Craig Halgard with your Financial Issues Ag Update for October 24th. Well, nothing in the corn market seemed to excite uh, the traders on Friday. This week should bring rapid harvest progress. That should also give us a better idea of how significant the vomitoxin problem is in the eastern corn belt. At the close, we had December futures a quarter of a cent higher at 684 and one quarter. Soybeans were pretty unexciting as well. The biggest development last week was the rally in the soybean oil market to levels last seen back in June. At the close, the November soybean futures were up four cents at $13.95 and one half cent per bushel. Wheat was kept off balance by events in Russia and Ukraine. Now, Turkey claims there's no obstacles to renewing the Ukraine-Russia grain deal. Ukrainian President Zelensky says the Russians are delaying the passage of 150 grain-carrying ships. And of course, the Russian government had no response to any of it. Russian wheat FOB values are $100 per metric ton discount to U.S. wheat. And interestingly enough, Canadian spring wheat also remains at a significant discount to U.S. wheat of similar grades. At the close, Minneapolis December futures were a penny lower at $9.61 and a quarter. Kansas City dropped by a penny and a half to settle at $9.84 and a quarter. And Chicago futures were a penny and a half higher at $8.50 and three quarter cents per bushel. Cotton futures had a bit of a bounce on Friday. Now time will tell if it's just a dead cat bounce or the real deal. Either way, on Friday, December futures closed up 173 points at 79.13. Livestock futures were all higher. December live cattle rose by 75 cents, settling at $152.42.5 per hundredweight. November feeder cattle were 80 cents stronger at $178.35 per hundred. The monthly cattle on feed report that came out Friday really had no surprises. Cattle on feed were 99% of year-ago numbers versus estimates of 99 9.1%. Placements came in at 96% versus uh, trade projections of 96.3%. And marketings were in line with estimates at 104%. Looking at hogs, we had December hog futures up $2.10 at $89.12.5 per hundredweight. Costume milk futures seemed to struggle a bit and closed roughly in the middle of their trading range. At the close, November futures were 15 points lower at 21.14. This has been Craig Haugard with your Financial Issues Ag Update. We'll be right back with more financial issues after this. Securities offered through GA Repl and Company, a registered broker, dealer, and investment advisor, member FINRA and SIPC. Opinions expressed by Shanna are hers alone and are for informational purposes only and do not necessarily represent those of GA Repl or the outlet on which you are listening. You should consider how the information applies to your situation prior to personally implementing it and consult any financial professional you work with to make sure it's applicable to your financial plan. Welcome back to Financial Issues. I'm your host, Shanna Burt, and we're here today to talk about the markets, the economy, your portfolio, 
and stewardship. We're going to get right to calls here in just a minute, but I've got some economic news to report. So last week, the markets were all up very, very positively, very, very strongly. The Dow was up 4.9%, the S&P was up 4.7%, and the NASDAQ up 5.2% for the week. So that was some very strong gains that we saw there. We also saw another trend. U.S. equity funds saw money inflows for the first time in four weeks. So we've had a pretty choppy market this year with the with the indices, all all three of the indices being down into bear territory at some point. Uh, briefly, all three of them were. But the NASDAQ's been down uh, close to or more than 30 uh, percent for most of the year. The S&P as well in bear territory. So... Um, we are seeing uh, in the midst of earnings season right now. So we're seeing corporations come out and report their quarterly earnings. And um, so we're keeping it. We're definitely keeping an eye on that. Uh, we have want to remind you to watch the FISM news tonight at six o'clock central, seven o'clock eastern time. The best place to watch it is on the phone app or the website uh, FISM.tv or the phone app. You can. It also comes on Facebook, YouTube. Um, I'm, I'm not sure where else, but <laughs> several different places. Some of the things that they're going to talk about tonight that you're going to want to tune in to hear is September marks the highest border uh, encounters in history. Uh, Mc, uh, McConnell says Republican Senate would prioritize ramping up support to Ukraine Biden administration gives $2.8 billion in grants to EV battery producers who pursue diversity, equity, and inclusion. A California toddler overdoses on a candy-like rainbow fentanyl. So, you know, folks, we've been talking about this quite a bit. Um, as of February of this year, 75,000 Americans have died from overdose of some synthetic opioids, mainly fentanyl, in that 12-month period ending February of 2022. Drug overdose is now the number one cause of death among U.S. At, uh, adults ages 18 to 45. So you've had some of the attorney generals of many states coming out and asking Biden to actually declare fentanyl a weapon of mass destruction because enough fentanyl has been seized in the last year to kill every man, woman, and child in the United States several times over. Yet, there's still no border crisis. We can't get the border czar, Kamala Harris, to come down here and even check it out. Um, nothing to see here. Just move along. The only thing that that, that is happening that is uh, a border crisis is that Abbott is sending the governor of, of my state, Texas, uh, Greg Abbott is sending illegals to these sanctuary cities, and they're they're getting quite upset about that as they realize that they have no place to put all these people, something that the border states have been saying for quite a while. And now Texas and Arizona are even having to build their own border walls. Texas buying up some land in order to do that, and Arizona, um, you know, making making do with some with some uh, shipping containers to put up pieces of border wall to protect their states. So it's really uh, a sad situation. That is one of the things that the government is supposed to be doing is to protect our borders from 
you know, illegal crossings, you know, we are a melting pot. We are a country of immigrants, and I believe in legal immigration. Now, uh, yes, the process to become a legal U.S. citizen is a bit cumbersome and definitely needs some reform, but it's still the law. If we have a problem with the law, we need to change it. We don't need to just ignore the current laws. Well, let's get to a call. We've got Mary Beth. She's calling from Illinois. Hi, Mary Beth. You're on financial issues. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. Um, I'm going to retire in a couple of months, and I have a choice. I, I have a retirement pension, and it will get like a 3% compounded cost of living adjustment yearly for the rest of my life. Or I can take like a lump sum payment and get a 1.5% non-compounded cost of living increase for the rest of my life. The one-time lump sum will be about 100000 So I wondered if it was smarter to take the 100000 and put it into like I have a 457 plan right now to roll that into that or take the compounded raise. Um, the amount of, that I'll be getting monthly is about 4000 4000 so monthly? Yeah, that would be what the raise would, would be figured on. The 3% would be figured on about 4000 monthly. So there's a $4,000 monthly payment or a $100,000 lump sum? Um, I'll get the $4,000 no matter what. So mm -hmm. based on the 4000 I can either take a 3% cost of living increase that will be compounded annually, or I can take like $100,000 right see. now and forfeit that increase. And then that increase would would be like 1.5% non-compounded mm -hmm. in a couple of years. Mm, I think I would opt <laughs> for taking the $100,000 um, because you're going to have control over that. If you lock in that 3% cost of living increase, you've basically just um, locked in your rate of return at 3%. Inflation's over 8 right now. Um, I think it will come down eventually if we can get government spending under control and, you know, get some of the liquidity taken out of the system. Um, but I think inflation is going to persist for a little while. So if you're only getting raises at 3% and inflation is persistently higher than that, then, you know, you're actually going to lose. The other thing that taking that lump sum payment does is it uh, allows you to take control of that money. So if for some reason you had to had a need to spend it quicker, let's say that you had some some costs come up that you just didn't have, uh, you know, any other money you, you couldn't um, pay for with future raises, you would actually have access to some of that money. Um, I think that you could invest that money and easily get that 3% um, extra income that that you would be getting if you if you went the other direction. Okay. 
so I have currently have like a 457B account, and if I just I could roll the entire amount into that account, right? And then I could disperse it however I wanted to. Because I know like like 401Ks, you're limited to how much you can put in a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you're limited to what your contribution can be. But if it's a rollover from some other type of plan, there shouldn't really be any limits there. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for calling. Yes, I really... I really appreciate the advice because a lot of people are saying, no, no, take the raise. And I'm thinking, that doesn't really make sense for, for a lot of the yeah. reasons that you said, you know. Mm-hmm. The other thing to look at, too, is the health of the pension fund. So, you know, usually pensions are pretty <laughs> safe. There have been some some cases where pension funds have just totally gone away. But that's the other yeah. consideration that you want to take a look at. You're absolutely right. I hadn't thought of that. All right. Well, thank you very much, and God bless you, and you're doing a great job. Dan would be proud. Oh, thank you for that, and thanks for calling, and thanks for being a partner with us. We appreciate it. Well, Seth, what do we have there on social? I think we got a a chance to grab a few before the break. Yeah, we we do here, Shannon. We've got a couple good questions. Uh, Julio on the website um, is asking, are there any of the 12 for 22 that Dan um, had picked that we should still be holding or should we sell them? Uh, Shanna, I know you've mentioned this briefly. There have been at least one or two that we've had to sell, but um, are there are there any that are still a good hold? Uh, yeah. So everything that we have, I think there's, I'm looking at the list now. I see one for sure that we have said to sell. So you can find that sell alert if you're a, par- a partner by going to the partners tab and looking under the alerts and you can go back and find um, which one I'm talking about. It's IN37 is the one that we've uh, issued to sell because it is no longer biblically responsible. There are several that are still on the buy list. So UT66 is one um there, uh, there are a couple that are that are still on the buy list, so that means that you can buy them. The rest would be considered holds. So, Dan uh, went back and forth a lot of times over doing these uh, lists at the beginning of the year, but people were always excited about that. So you just have to be careful that the time, the relevant time frame has passed for that twelve or twenty-two. It was. At the time that it was issued, it was stocks that were good to buy at that time. So like companies that would come onto the buy list. So just pay attention. Always buy from the buy list. Never fish from the broad list. There's a lot of danger in that. Well, we're coming up on a break, folks. And if you want to get your call queued up, you'll be the next caller in the queue. The number 610-363-1110. Otherwise, we're going to come back and get to more social and website questions. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. The opinions and recommendations expressed on this program do not necessarily represent the opinions of the station or any of the program sponsors. Additionally, all products or services offered by the program sponsors may not be known by the program. Welcome back to Financial Issues. I'm your host, Shanna Burt. And at the ministry here, we have a twofold purpose. One is to help you defund darkness by investing biblically responsibly. 
And no mutual fund company does that better than our longtime partner, the Timothy Plan. They are uh, steadfast in their beliefs that, that God owns everything and that we should honor God with our money. So you should check them out. You can find their banner on our website, financialissues.org, uh, and you can click over to their site and find out how they do what they do. But they are steadfast and strong in their convictions as Christians and helping us to invest biblically responsibly. The second part of that mandate that we have here is to help you be a good steward and fund the light with the resources that God has given you. So I'm about to show you a clip that tells us why those two things are so important in today's world. Number one, defunding darkness, and number two, funding the light. And it's because of a story that FISM News brought to us uh, last Friday about the U.S. government funding drag shows at Ecuadorian Cultural Center. Take a look at this. The U.S. State Department is spending over $20,000 on an Ecuadorian cultural center, which is fine. The unfortunate thing is it's going to host drag shows. The department says the goal is to, quote, promote diversity and inclusion. Specifically, the stated goal is this, quote, to support the achievement of U.S. foreign policy goals and objectives, advance national interests, and enhance national security by informing and influencing foreign publics and by expanding and strengthening the relationship between the people and government of the U.S. and citizens of the rest of the world. Uh, the center hosts children as young as eight years old, but it's unclear right now if the drag shows will actually be for children. But it is important to note that most of the center's programs are typically targeted towards kids. As of right now, the project will include at least 12 drag shows through August of next year. Yes, your tax dollars may be putting on drag shows in Ecuador. You may be scratching your head, just like I am, wondering what in the world does the LGBTQ agenda have to do with foreign policy? But that's this administration's mandate. Folks, we have an election coming up in two weeks. You have to get out and vote your values. Otherwise, this nonsense is going to continue. Um, spending money that we don't have, by the way, you know, we're, we're running a deficit. That means that we're spending more money than we're bringing in. But don't worry, 87,000 new IRS agents is going to find a bunch of money from all of us fraudsters who don't pay our taxes, right? And they're going to increase the revenues. They say, don't, don't worry about all this. It's all smoke. As Dan always used to say, it's all smoke and mirrors, you know. Don't pay attention to what's happening over here. Don't pay attention to all of this spending that we're doing of money that we don't have because we're increasing revenues. So that means we can spend more money. Pay no attention to the fact that we're spending money that we already don't have. So, you know, we really have to be diligent about what's happening in our country. We have to look at the values. We have to look at the things that are on the ballot. Just go, go read for yourself. Don't take my word for it. Go read for yourself the Republican Party platform and the Democratic Party platform, keeping in mind your values and your views and what God says about life, about marriage, about family, about decency. 
and then see which platform lines up most closely with your values. Make sure you tune in tomorrow because we're going to have Deb from iVoter Guide. She's going to come on and tell us uh, about some some really good resources that you can use to be a good steward of your freedom and your vote. Well, Seth, what do we have here? <laughs> and I, I got to say, I'm just, I'm speechless at this point as to how this administration does this. The, we, I feel like we say this every week. This is Romans 1 just applied to 21st century America. People are finding new ways to sin and the sin is becoming progressively more stupid. I mean, it's just foolish. It really is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, all you have to do is is watch the news. The news. You can watch FISM News tonight. You can see the headlines. You can look on social media. You can everywhere you go, you're seeing the foolishness of this world. And, you know, if you if you read your Bible and you study the word, you know, especially the Old Testament, lots of people don't think the Old Testament is relevant anymore, but they're all recorded stories of humanity, of humanity's sin of God's grace, of his forgiveness, of his discipline, of his judgment. It all reveals his character. And there's nothing new under the sun, folks. We do the same thing that we make the same mistakes that the Israelites made. We make the same mistakes that the secular world, that the pagan world made. But we still have an unchangeable God who has never given up on us. I don't I don't know how. I don't know how he hasn't run out of patience with us yet, but there is a day coming that Jesus is going to come back for his church. The master's coming back. And the scripture says that when he returns, it will be good for us to be found doing his work. That's fulfilling the great commission, being a good steward of all the resources that he's given us, stewarding our vote, being a country that supports the things that God supports, blesses Israel, all of those things that that God has uh, given us instructions to do. So it will be good for those who are found doing his work when he comes back. And that's what we want to encourage you of every day. Well, we've got a little bit of time here to get to some of the social and some of the questions. So let's yeah, let's, let's do, do that. that. We got one from Joseph uh, on the Ask Shanna page. He's saying, what is your current advice on, I assume that is a specific stock there, Shanna, that I will not mention on the air, but he wants to know about it. He's 70 years old. Okay. Yep. That is a utility stock there. It is not on the buy list at the time, but it is a hold. So it's got, you know, almost a 7% yield. Uh, yes, it's down in value, but if you're 70 it, that is an income stock, and whenever you're buying income stocks, you have to be less concerned about the value, what happens in the fluctuation in the value as you are the income. So it is a hold. Awesome. Good stuff, Shanna. Uh, I'm seeing some great comments coming in, by the way, on the website in response to what we were just talking about, and everyone is agreeing. <laughs> and uh, just a good reminder as well to stay focused on the Lord because the victory is his. So that's, that's awesome. Right. Amen. And praise God to that. Rob is saying, I have been moving money out of qualified accounts for four years at rates in the tax bracket, especially in down market conditions, moving stocks in kind at fidelity. A problem is also the IRRMA triggered surges, uh, 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 surcharges ex, uh, excuse me, to Social Security, which should be considered. Could you concisely explain these brackets to FISM listeners? Rob's from Plano, Texas, by the way, and he is 72. Yep. Okay, so that is a consideration. Um, you'll hear me talk a, a lot of times and say that if you're in the 12% tax bracket 
qualified the risk of qualified money is future regulations. That means the government changing the rules on distributions regarding the, the timing, the amount, whatever they want to change. And two, that taxes are most likely going to be higher in the future than what they are today. So I always say it's it's almost a no-brainer. You should still do your due diligence and consider your situation if you're in the 12% bracket. And and it's, it's very um, logical to do that if you're in the 22% bracket. So whether you're single or married, if you get to the top of the 22% bracket, that's where this IRMA penalty or tax kind of kicks in. And what it is, it's a surcharge to your Medicare premiums. So it will affect you if you're if you're at the age of, of Medicare, which is 65. Now, the way that it works is it looks back two years at your income to determine whether or not you have the surcharge for the year. So if you do something in this tax year, then the this penalty or this extra uh, premium won't apply to you for two more years. So it does look back two years. Um, if you get into that 24% tax bracket, that's usually where it starts. You can Google. I don't know the, I don't, I haven't memorized the number right off the top of my head, but you can Google IRRMA. We call it IRMA for short, but you can Google those IRMA limits and see if it's going to apply to you. Now, it's not the end of the world. Yes, it may cost you a little bit more for your Medicare, depending on when you do it. But that could be another argument for getting things done more quickly so that you don't drag it out maybe over a 10-year period or, or something like that where you're going to have those uh, increases for a long period of time. Awesome. I think we got time to squeeze one more in before the end okay. of the show, Shanna. Sid is asking, do you think now's a good time to buy into bond mutual funds? He's in at 65% in a stable value fund and a deferred compensation plan at work with the rest in a mix of equities. He's three years away from retirement, but maybe five to six years away from needing to draw on this account, and he's 54. I think it may be good a good time to dollar cost average into fixed income funds. So um, and you may want to do that over the next year, do it slowly, because here's what happens is the rate that bonds move inversely to interest rates. So as interest rates go up, the value of a bond goes down. So we're starting to get into a point where we're seeing yields now in the treasuries over 4%. That's pretty decent from a long-term perspective. So you'll notice in a lot of the older uh, asset allocation models, we've actually increased the amount to fixed income. So it is time to start moving into some of those, but make sure that your asset allocation stays on track because that's the biggest factor in um, determining your, your experience, meaning volatility and returns in your portfolio. Well, become a partner with us at financialissues.org and you can review our plan for number one, being a good steward and investing biblically responsibly and a good solid financial strategy for managing your money. Well, folks, we're at the end of the program. I'm Shanna Burt with Financial Issues and God willing, we will be back tomorrow, same time, same place. Make sure you come back to hear Deb with I Voter Die. If we ever forget that we're one nation under God, then we will be a nation gone under. Thank you for joining us. This has been an FISM production.